0: song, amen, he came to me. I was thinking about, since I'm getting so old, about my childhood, one time I made this uh, homemade soapbox car, racing car, you ever made one of those, amen? And I was going down the highest hill in Decatur, Georgia, and the wheels came off, didn't make it too good, did I? And so I uh, continued that trip down that concrete road without the cart under me. And I skinned everything from my head to my toes, where all my hair went. And I skinned everything from head to toe. And I was dying, I thought. I mean, I thought I was dying. And my mother came to me. Amen? I didn't ask for my daddy. I asked for my, I said, Mama. You know, she heard me four blocks down the road. I wasn't that tough. I was only nine. Good night. Don't look at me like that. And uh, she came to me. But I want to tell you something. Uh, a couple of weeks after that, that, this didn't bring salvation on in my heart. But uh, the Lord came to me sitting on the second row, as the preacher was preaching on hell. Amen? And I got to preach to the children uh, Thursday night, as we always do, because my wife got saved in vacation Bible school, and we deal very thoroughly with the children, and it's uh, third grade up, so we don't pick green fruit, so to speak. Some people say, oh, I don't believe 27 got saved. Well, we're going to, to overlook your unbelief and your doubting and skepticism. God could save 100 if He wanted to. Amen? And if he saved one, it'd be worth it, and it's between them and God. And by the way, we're going to find out if they really got saved or not. We're going to go to their house and talk to them. Dear Mom in Albany, Georgia, Missy uh, wrote uh, this morning, said, I'm so thankful for uh, God convicting my little Sydney, her little daughter. She'd been on conviction many, many years, and I just knew she wasn't ready to get saved. And uh, thank God for the wisdom of the teachers. Miss Stephanie came and interrupted the adult class and got Mama to come in And leader to the Lord, or at least witness being leader to the Lord, and that's wisdom. You ought to always have the parents included in the decision of their children, amen, if possible. And so I'm so thankful for that. Let me just say this, and I won't say much, but I appreciate Brother Jason and Miss Becca. We can have all the work we want to, but if it's not organized and it's not motivated, it is going to be chaos. And they did such a wonderful job. I just sit back and enjoy it and preach one time and eat a lot during vacation Bible school. Now, I used to be in his place. I used to box the devil and uh, do all the MC and all that stuff, but I got too old for that, and uh, I, I, I couldn't last a week. Uh, so old, but anyway, um, uh, it's, just, uh, it's just it was just a thrill to see how Brother Jason and Miss Beckle work as a team, and they do a lot behind the scenes. So that in years and months, and then they, you know, all the people did the decorations hours and hours and hours and hours. So we thank God. You know, I was thinking about Vacation Bible School. I was thinking about, first of all, I'm glad somebody let these children live. Amen? Uh, my daughter was broke down on the side of the expressway in the middle of the medium, and I just panicked over it uh, to get to her as quick as I could and get her off that expressway. And I thought about that little baby, uh, you know, and, uh, and then, of course, my, my baby's there too, sailing and all of them. The whole van whole was full of kids coming back from Vacation Bible School. But uh, they called tonight a special foster care meeting at their church uh, just to get all foster care people that's not in church in church. And I thought it was a great idea, and they've had a great response, but they got a tremendous response because Thursday morning, um, I think it was Thursday morning, about two miles from their church, they heard, heard a little crying. And it was a one-hour-old ba- no, one baby in a plastic sack, crying. Now, that baby's in foster care. They better not go back to that mother because she ain't worthy to be called a mama to leave a baby in a plastic sack. But I'm glad somebody found that. They, they heard the baby's cry, and a, neighbor, a neighbor's uh, three little teenagers went and rescued, and they thought it was some kind of animal or something making a noise. It was a baby crying, one hour old, still had the umbilical cord on. And folks, I want to tell you something, there's a lot of babies being thrown away today. And I want to say this, we, we gonna, we're going to push, we're gonna push uh, anti-abortion, but well, we better push adoption. We better do something about it. So some of y'all might want to see her uh, and uh, maybe go to one of those meetings and find out how you can get involved in rescuing kids. But I want to say this. If those 27 got saved this week, uh, they have hope. And that's the reason they were born and somebody let them live and didn't throw them in a plastic sack. And so what we were doing this week at Vacation Bible School, we were just trying to help fulfill the very reason these children were born. And that's to glorify God and be saved. Amen? So it's sort of fulfilling to me to think that we're helping these children have a fulfilled life. And so you pray for them. The prayer meeting's at 5.30. I believe God's doing great things in that prayer meeting. Great things. One of them was vacation Bible school because we've been praying months for that. But I want to say this, friend. You pray for those new converts and follow up on them and have a burden for them and help them and go in their homes and find out what they're living in. And if they're hungry, feed them. If they're hurting, protect them. And most of all, spiritually encourage them to be men and ladies of God and history will not have to repeat themselves. Amen? So how many are glad that God lets you live? Say amen. And your mama lets you live. So my mother came to me and that triggered all these thoughts and I won't preach long because y'all tired and you won't listen past 30 minutes. But no, uh, turn to Mark chapter um, 12 verse 13 through 17. When I preached through a book, I don't skip a verse. But if I was ever going to skip a few verses, I might skip these because it's on paying taxes. Paying taxes. Now who's going to preach on that? But I think there's much more than just paying taxes in these verses. Because see, it's Wednesday right before the crucifixion. And here they come again. Herodians, Pharisees, trying to trick Jesus. And the first verse tells us they tried to catch Him in His words. Let me just say this before I get in this message. You can't outsmart God. You might think you're smart, and you might think you have an explanation, and you might think you can even argue with God, but I'm going to tell you something. He's God, He's God alone, and He ought to be the authority of your life. Say amen. I want to preach on the question about authority. We live in a day and age today where authority is being bucked. We're living in a day and age where a lot of authority is Probably not good authority, say amen. They're living in sin, Uh, they try to tell people how to live, and they can't even live themselves. And friend, that's why it's such an awesome responsibility to be a pastor. You better walk the walk before you try to talk the talk. And I will tell you something, if there's anything that the devil, anyone the devil wants to knock off, it's leadership, because he wants you to fall behind me. So you pray for me, that's the best birthday gift I could ever get, and I appreciate whatever you gave me, but I'm telling you. Uh, your prayers mean more to me than you can ever imagine. Ever. And I'm telling you what, it's a warfare. And praise God, an old soldier went to be with the Lord this week, Brother Stinnett Blue, and then Brother A.C. Durham, and then uh, Brother um, uh, oh, uh, Gentry, and all of them about my age, maybe a little older, and I thought, my word, am I next? And then have a birthday like this tomorrow. But I going to tell you something. I thank God they finished well. They wasn't on the sidelines, they were on the firing line. And so, good soldiers submit. There's a problem today. A lot of people don't want to submit. They don't want to submit to biblical authority. And folks, I want to tell you something. When you come to this church, I'm going to tell you who the authority of this church is. Right here. It's not this pastor, I'm just a servant leader. It's the Word of God. Say amen. I preach it without apologies. I proclaim it. I teach it without apologies because I'm telling you, friend, this should be the authority of our life. This should be the pill and grounds of our faith. We ought to know that God's word is right. And whether you believe it or not, that settles it. Let's read the scripture. I got fired up before I even read it. Let's stand in honor of the Lord of God. Amen. I'm still glad I got a little energy and breath. No. Look at verse 13. I'll get over this in a minute. It says they send him, listen to this, and they send him. And they sent unto him certain of the Pharisees and Herodians. That's interesting. Somebody's sending them. It's people in high places trying to get to Jesus. And it still happens today. Look at this. To catch him in his words. And when they were come, they say unto him, Master, we uh, we know thou art true and carest for no man. For thou regardest not the person of men but teach us the way of of God in truth. Is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar or not? In other words, what about paying taxes? And then look at verse 15. Shall we give or shall we not give? But he knowing their uh, hypocrisy, listen to that, but he knowing their hypocrisy, said unto them, Why tempt ye me? Bring me a penny that I may see it. And they brought him, and he said to them, Whose is this image and pres- subscrip- uh, superscription on this penny? And they said, Well, it's Caesar's. And Jesus answered and said to them, Render to Caesar's the things which are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they marveled at him. You may be seated. Father, thank you for your authority. Now, God help us, God help us never to doubt it. And Lord, help us to realize on the question of ownership You're the owner, we're the managers, and God, you'll take care of everything if we'll just be faithful. And God, be good stewards of all your blessings. So Lord, you've given us life. Thank you for sparing that little baby in that plastic sack. God, have mercy on that mama. Save her soul. Can't be saved acting like that. But Lord, dear God, I pray, oh God, you'd use this little girl in a special way. And God, that you'd use each one of us, realizing that it's only by the grace of God we're born. It's only the grace of God that we've been sustained from disease today, accidents, injury. And God, well, it's only the grace of God that you brought us to a good place called Dalton, Georgia. And we can hear the sound gospel preached and realize the purpose for our very life. So Lord, you're the owner. We're the manager. We take our hands off our life. In Jesus' name. Use this message, please. Amen. It's a question of ownership. It's a question of who's in authority. But I'll just be honest with you. These Herodians and these Pharisees, they were doing one thing. They were trying to get Jesus in a pickle, in a place where he had no answer. And I want to tell you something. Sometimes the best answer is no answer. You know, I was was amazed at uh, Brother Jeremy's teaching this week in the Vacation Bible School adult class, he just taught with questions the whole time. And some of the answers were good, and some of them weren't bad, and he never embarrassed anybody, and that's a good teaching method, but Jesus taught with questions. Some people are afraid to ask a question in a room because they're afraid they won't have the answer. You know what you ought to do when you don't know the answer? So you don't know the answer, amen. But I'm saying this, is that Jesus uh, sometimes didn't answer the question, and he took a coin I got a, fra- uh, a a favorite phrase, a penny for your thought and maybe that's where this came from. but he took a penny which is a denarius, a, a day's wage, and he used that as an illustration to put those hypocrites in their place. Amen. I want you to notice first of all in verse 13 and I'll just give you the outline and we'll go. I want you to see that they asked a question and I want you to see the character of the men that asked the questions. It says in they sent unto him certain of the Pharisees and Herodians. Now they were sent by somebody else. They were representing somebody in the higher power they thought. Probably some politicians. Hallelujah. And I want to say this, friend. uh, These Pharisees were strict. Uh, They believed in separation of church and state. uh, Probably too much. And then the Herodians, they were were liberals. They were liberal uh, Jews. You know what a liberal is, don't you? One that don't stand by the Bible. Come on, say amen. Don't stand by the Bible. You're liberal, and I'll say these liberals called Herodians. They they felt entitled. See, if you get so many handouts from the government, you don't care who's in office. You don't have, if they're adulterers or whatever. Just because if the economy's okay, then I'm okay with them. That's entitlement. Uh, as long as they send me my check. Uh, Hey, uh, that's why I'm glad the church don't get a check from the government. Amen. Now, all you that get a check from the government, you probably earned it, so just go ahead and not get mad at me and throw your Social Security check out the door. But I'm just saying, listen, listen to me, friend. Watch this entitlement. When some people give to you, they think they own you. But I want to tell you something, there's only one person that owns you, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank God for that. There ain't no politician owns us. There's no governor that owns us. Donald Trump don't own me. They ain't nobody owns me and there's nobody going to tell me what to preach except the Lord Jesus Christ. They can take the tax ex- exempt, exempt and, and take it out if they want to. I hope they don't. But I want to tell you this, friend. They can take the no property tax off if they want to. But I want to tell you something. We're in a battle of who's authority. And I want you to know this passage of Scripture talks about the Pharisees who thought, um, man, the church is is everything, and and, uh, the Herodians thought the government was everything. And this is amazing to me. They were commissioned. They sent them unto Jesus. And here's another thing that's amazed me, the combination. The combination. What do you mean, preacher? Well, normally these two groups hated each other. Normally these groups, the liberals and the conservatives, uh, the Pharisees and the Herodians, the ones that followed Herod and the ones that couldn't stand Herod, because they were all under captivity of the Roman Empire, hated each other. But notice this here they come together. You know something? Hate will bring all kinds of groups together to oppose truth, righteousness, and holiness, and oppose God. But I'll tell you something, there's something else that brings people together, and I saw it this week. Love love. I just sit back on that back row. That's the backslitter's pew where Wobbly Boots is sitting right now. And the director right back there. I call it the backslidden pew. And uh, you can't get any further back out of, the, out of the auditorium than that pew right there. Amen. Some people wanted to move it out. and said, please don't move my pew out. I said, okay, it's staying back there. Amen. I don't care where you sit as long as you're in church. Say amen. But I'll tell you something, friend. I, I, I'm afraid today that uh, we don't Realize how wonderful it is to be in a church that's united, that loves each other. I mean, I've been here 42 years, practically all my adult life. I was 27 years old with a full head of hair when I moved to this town. I had a little baby named Jason, eight months old. I was carrying him around like I was carrying the little foster child this week. Just a little bitty baby. And folks, I want to tell you, I saw something else that should unite people for a common cause, and that's love. We can work together because of love. We can serve together because of love. Hey, we can can serve God when we don't get our names in the bulletin. I I was interviewing the children. I said, what did you like best about Vacation Bible School? They said, wobbly boots. Well, all he did was come and act like a nut for about five minutes, amen? And folks, we don't do that just to have fun and laugh. These kids need to have fun and laugh. So they look forward to coming back the next day. And for an hour, we get to teach them the Word of God. Say amen. I, if I'd have been honest as a little boy, I'd have said, I like the food. That's why I came, praise God. Hot dogs, hamburgers, sub sandwiches. I mean, uh, slushies that were just unbelievable. Praise God, we're going to give them to the bus kids today. Uh, I'd have come for the food. But I want to tell you something, friend. It's amazing how we can combine together to love children and to love each other. And I want you to know, friend, they had a motivation. The motivation is found in verse 13, the last phrase. It says, and they, to catch him in his words. To catch him in his words. I want to tell you something. It's Wednesday. Friday's coming. But praise God, Sunday's coming. That's the resurrection. Say Amen. You can debate whether he was crucified on Wednesday or Friday. I don't care what you do say about that. But I want to tell you something. It's about Wednesday morning, and here they come. United effort, Herodians, Pharisees. Let's catch him. Let's get him. If he answers one way, the government's going to be against him. If he answers another way, the common people are going to be against him. If he's for taxes, all oh, the government will love him. If he's against taxes, they'll say he's an insurrector and he needs to be crucified. Well, I want to tell you something, friend. No matter what the answer to this question was, he was going to be crucified. Because the question is, who's going to die for your sins? Who's going to take your place? I'll tell you, there's only one person that can take your place, and that's the perfect Lamb of God. Say amen. And so I see the asking of the inquiry, but then I see the manner of the asking. Look at verse 14, please. It says, And when they were come, they saw him, Master, we know that thou art true, and carest for no man, and carest for no man, for thou regardest not the person of men, but teachest the ways of God in truth. Is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar or not? Now I see the butter dripping right out of the side of their mouth. I see the honey coming out of their mouth too. And folks, it was nothing but a lie. They didn't believe a word they were asking and saying. Oh, you're not partial. Oh, Lord, you're so truthful. And is it lawful? See, they didn't really mean that. You know, it's one thing to flatter somebody. There's a term that I don't understand, and I don't want to go into it publicly, about brown-nosing people. But I'll say this, folks, you need to back up your life and not just get your way by manipulation and flattery. Say amen. And these guys were saying, hey, oh, you're so truthful. And you're not partial, Lord. And folks, I want to tell you something. They didn't mean a word they said because they were saying, hey, you're you're fair. And folks, what they were doing is trying to ensnare our Lord. They were setting a trap. It's called pretense. Let me just say it this way. It's called religion. I mean, religion makes me sick. I mean, when you say something and you have a double standard and you don't live it, then you are a hypocrite. I don't care if they call you priest, pope, potentate or preacher. You're a hypocrite. You need to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. And you need to live it, say amen. And there's a lot of movements going on today where the head leader is not leading it. He's just a celebrity and he's living like he wants to, but he expects you to live it. Well, I want to tell you something, friend. I believe a leader ought to go the second mile. And by the way, in the Bible, only two times is the word leader mentioned. Over a thousand times, the word servant's mentioned. And so I want to tell you something. The greatest of all servants was our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we see the manner of their asking was just flattery and hypocrisy. It was religion trying to catch our Lord. And then I want you to see in verse 14 and 15 the money and the asking. In verse 14 he said, hey listen, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? If he said yes, that accuse him of being a servant of Rome. And I'll tell you, there's one thing I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be a puppet of Washington. I'm not going to be a puppet of any politician. I'm not going to be a puppet of any authority around here. Because my authority is the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I will keep the law. Well, I just got on a conviction about my driving. I'll keep the law. I'll try to keep the law. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, I don't think we ought to be uh, lawbreakers. I know a preacher that got thrown in jail for not paying his taxes. I'll pay my taxes. I don't pay them happily because I don't like what they use them for. Like abortions. Like these gay studies. I ain't got no, no use for spending money for that. Say amen. Thousands and thousands of dollars to save the bald eagle and they let babies die by the millions. There's more babies died since 1973 than all the wars put together that the United States has been involved in. There's some bloody hands somewhere. And I'll just say this, friend, I see some money that needed to be... And then, 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 they, then he said, okay, if you say no, then uh, you're going against the Roman Empire and they're going to lock you up. So he couldn't win and he knew it. Don't try to trick our Lord because I want to show you the answer in verse 15 through 17. The answer through v- Verse 15. Shall we give or or shall we not give? He knoweth, but but he knowing their hypocrisy. I wish you'd underline the word knowing. You know what's so reassuring but also convicting? God knows. God knows. You know what you ought to do to straighten your life out and live for God and have a joyful life, a peaceful life, and a powerful life? Fear God. Just fear God. You know, if we can teach these children not just fear us and our authority. I'll be teaching on disciplined children tonight in our parent series. And and, and you ought to fear the law. I believe you ought to to respect them. Say amen. I want to tell you something. I feel sorry for our law enforcers today. They can't win. And I want to tell you something. We live in a sad day and age where they've got to wear body cams. Say amen right there. I mean, for every bad cop, there's a thousand good ones. Say amen. I don't even like the word cop. Policeman. Law enforcers. Hey, listen, you think their job's easy, why don't you try to do it for a week? I'd hate to pull somebody over with dark tinted windows. But they do it every day for your safety and your peace. We ought to respect them. Say amen. We ought to respect them. You ought to respect the law, you ought to respect the government. But I want to say this. And I'll try to close. The Lord knew as a trick. And he was full of divine wisdom. And He knew their hearts. And You know what He called them? Hypocrites. Hypocrites. But Look at verse 15. The final phrase gets busy here. It says, shall we give or shall we not? But He, knowing their hypocrisy, said to them, Why tempt ye me? Why are you testing me? Look at this now. Bring me a penny! that I may see it. You know what amazes me about our Lord, the Lord of all authority, the Lord of lords, the King of kings, the one that framed the world into existence, that made the mountains, that uh, calms the storm? He didn't have a penny to his name. Think about it. He didn't have a penny in his pocket. Now, did they have pockets and rows back then? I don't know. But he didn't have a penny. I would say in his purse, but that some of y'all would really go wild with that he didn't have a penny and folks that reminds me of 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9 where he said he that became poor that you might become rich amen and that through his poverty you may be rich he gave up the splendor and glory of heaven and became penniless he became a servant he had no place to lay his head foxes have holes and and, uh, uh, birds have nests but I have no place to, to lay my head he said for you And how dare these people come up to him and try to trick him, try to catch him. They wanted to catch him in his words. And the Lord said, nothing. He said, why you tempt me? That must have shocked them. They must have said, wait a minute, he's got our number. He knows why we're here. We don't care about taxes. We definitely don't care about Caesar. He knows we're here to trick him. We know where he's here. We're here to discredit him. He knew him. You know what that makes me do? Makes me fear God because he knows me. He knows your motive. He knows your heart. Hey, he knows why you're here right now. And he knows if you've already left. And you're not here anymore. Cuz it's 12:02 and you said I'm I gave him 12, that's it. Hosta la vista, baby. You're already at the restaurant. You're already watching the Braves. They're better this year. God bless you. But I want to say this. Thank God. He knows you. He knows you. He knows where you live. He knows if you're living in sin. He knows what you watch on the, uh, the computer. He knows what you read. He knows the type of music you listen to. He knows. You can't trick Him. You can't hide from him. Isn't it amazing that people think they can get away with sin because it's in a dark car? Or in an out-of-town an out motel? Or a secret phone they're hiding from their wife so they can text their girlfriend on the side? He knows! He knows! And he is to be feared. But I'll tell you what, he's also to be loved because, folks, he knows right where you're at. Say Amen. He knows. I'm I'm getting on the positive side now. Some of you said, I wish you would. But He knows what you're going through. He knows the problems that you're having. He knows the challenges you have as parents. Oh, I'm so glad my children have grown up. Now I'm worried about my grandchildren. They face so much. Say amen right there. They have so many temptations in the hallway of what we call school. You you just don't know how many times these kids probably cried all day. Maybe they didn't even get a meal all day. And they were that's why they were so excited about being in vacation Bible school. I mean it was so good I wanted to extend the week and I knew the workers would shoot me. But I, I thought, man, what is, what is we'll go into revival, amen? Forget the camp up there. We'll just have vacation Bible school another week. And they said, Yeah, preacher, go ahead, but you're gonna drive the bus. But anyway, listen. God help us. <laughs> God help us to realize that God knows where these little children are. God, God knew where that little baby in that plastic sack was in Cummins, Georgia. And that the mama didn't even care enough to take her to the hospital but put, him in a, put her in a bag. God knew. And now she's got a name. And I believe God's got a special plan for that little baby. If somebody will raise her in the right kind of home. But I want to just say this, friend, and I'll close. A penny for the answer. Here it is. He says, a penny that I may see it. I want you to see the character of that penny. It was a Daenerys. It was a day's wage for a Roman soldier. It wasn't just a little penny. The carving on the penny, not only the character of the penny, but the carving on the penny, it was Caesar Tiberius, the ruler of the Roman Empire at that time. And uh, there was an inscription on it. Uh, and it, 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 was, it was amazing, this superscription that was, that was on it. It was Pontifus, Maximus, High Priest of the Roman nation. No wonder the religious Jews bristled up when they thought about paying taxes. On every coin, proclaimed the divinity of Caesar. It said Caesar was the high priest of the Roman Empire. They looked as Pharaoh was looked at in Moses' day as a god. Little G. Jesus had to borrow that comb coin says okay let's look at the image let's look at the superscription the image spoke of of, uh, government ruling Rome's conquering but then we see the confession of the coin and he said look at it it says Caesar he made them say it he says and Jesus answered and said to them he said in verse 16 and they brought it and he said to them whose is this image and superscription and they said unto him Caesar. So they had to have a confession. It's good when God makes you confess. Say amen. I mean to him, not to everybody else. And folks, we see that this confession was saying, they're setting him up as Lord. And you ought to set him up as Lord, Lord. And he said, no way. I won't even answer that question, because I am Lord. See, if you got to go tell everybody how strong and how big and how powerful you are you're not people know if you're a man of God people know if you're the leader of the home and so I see the pronunciation or pronouncement in this answer the Pharisees did not want to pay tribute to Rome Herodians did not want to make allowances for God but wanted Rome to rule the religion and everything in it because they felt so entitled and so blessed by all the Roman Empire but I want to tell you something. Christ's answer was this. God has a right to rule. I want to close with this now. God has a right to rule. He is God. I want you to turn to my, some of my favorite scriptures. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. And I'll close. You're tired. You've had a long week. I hope you had some good rest yesterday. Hope you enjoyed your day off, so to speak. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 19 and 20, some of my favorite verses when I was called to preach in 1972. Man, that's a long time ago. My first message after I preached on living by faith was you're not your own. You're not your own. And folks, I needed that message to preach to myself because I was scared to death about preaching. I was scared to death about Pastoring one day, I was scared to death by being a youth pastor, and I thought I said, "I think I'm gonna argue this because I've got this plan that I was gonna make a lot of money with General Electric, and I got I got my education, and I got my I got my degree, and 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 I had to preach this to myself. I'm not my own. My plans are not preeminent. My plans should not control my life. It's his plans." And I want tell you something, after a week like this, I'm so glad, I'm so glad that I'm not in charge somewhere of selling some appliances for General Electric Amen. Appliance Company. I'm so glad. And I thank God for you. And I thank God for you supporting this church. And I'm not degrading anyone being in a, a, a working position. But for my calling in life was to be a preacher, a pastor, And I'm so glad that I can look back on my life and say, dear God, I think I've fulfilled Your will. And I've enjoyed it. And I love it. And I thank You for those souls saved at that Bible school. But I want to close by saying this. God is in control. Look at verse 19. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, you're not your own. You know, I'm so glad, I'm so glad, that I'm not trying to earn my way to heaven, Mormon. I'm so glad I can read my own Bible, Catholic. I don't have to have somebody else read it for me and say I can't understand it, and that I'm in charge, and kiss my foot. I don't mean to be brass. I don't mean to be low-rating. I don't mean to be disrespectful. But I want to tell you something. The Bible says call no man father on this earth. And that means in a worshipable means. You, you're saved out of that, Mark. You know what I'm talking about. And Folks, I want to tell you something. Nobody deserves worship except the Lord because He has made you, He has saved you, and He has sustained you. Deuteronomy 32.6 says He's got three, three, he's got three uh, uh, rights for your life. He made you, He sustained you and He saved you. If it wasn't for God, you wouldn't be here. You'd have died in a plastic sack in Cummins, Georgia. If it wasn't for God, you wouldn't have made it through that wreck. You wouldn't have made it through that disease. You wouldn't have made it through that robbery. You wouldn't make it through this wicked world. Somebody would shoot you down in the streets if it wasn't for God. This day and age. God sustained you, but most important of all, one day God looked down, and saw you, and said, "Come here. I want to be your Savior. I want to be your Lord, and I want to redeem you by my precious blood." And He took your sin debt, and He died in your place. And who are we to say, "Well, my God's the government. <laughs> my God's the authority. My God's somebody else." Hey! My God's me. I'll do what I want to do when I want to do it because I'm my own God. Look at the next verse. Verse 20. For we are bought with a price. Amen. We're bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Little s means disposition, by the way. Which are whose God. Say it with me, class. Which are God's. Which are God's. Let me close. Here's the whole crux of the matter. I'm glad I didn't have to preach on taxation. He's Lord. You're His creation. He has sustained you. He He has given you life. He's given you each breath. I once heard somebody say this in a emergency room and I went in and saw that little meter beeping with a guy dying. He was my assistant pastor one time, and he said every breath is an individual blessing from God and he said every heart beats a gift from God. That's right. And then third of all, he saved you. Therefore, it's not a religion, but you ought to be religious. Therefore, it's a relationship because the Spirit makes you the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so when he looked at those Pharisees and Herodians, he said, hey, listen, I ain't going to answer that question. Render to Caesars what is Caesar? And render to God what is God? But look at this now. What was the response? Real quick, real quick, look at the verse. I've lost it, but you got it. It said, and they marveled at him. Three days before the cross, Pharisees and the Herodians came together to, to crucify him. But when he did not answer, and he showed them just a little penny. He said, Render to Caesar's what is Caesar's, but render to God what is God. And I'm going to tell you something, friend. Anytime Caesar violates God, you answer to God. Amen. Anytime I'm going to tell you something, friend, that Caesar gets out of line, don't go by his bad line. Go by God's line. Anytime the government violates the scriptures, you have a obligation, a duty to say, hey, I'm going with God no matter what the cost. Amen. But folks, anytime that God gives you a day of life and breath, you know what you ought to do? You ought to get up and say, Lord, you're Lord. I'm following you today. You're my God. You're in charge. Lord, just give me the grace submit. Father, thank you for this message. I was really nervous about preaching it because of the subject. God, I believe you opened it up to me and I pray that I've shared it properly. And God, that we've got the message that you're God. Lord, we have no right, no right, no right to say you hadn't created us like you created us. We have no right to become our own God and say we'll live our own life. We have no right to render to Caesar and not render to God. We have no right to have other lords before you. And so Lord, help us realize that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And God, if we'll just listen to you, you'll lead us. You'll rebuke us. You'll correct us you'll discipline us if we'll just follow you you'll bless us and we'll have a peaceful happy fruitful life God forgive me for some of the times I've shook my fist at you closed my heart to you and said I'm going to do what I want to do and Lord it was a disaster and it was sadness and it was misery God thank you for the days that the Holy Spirit convicted me that you are Lord and that if I would submit and seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness that all these needs would be added unto me for your glory